It's a good idea in this hour to always pray that, you know, he would send his angels, you know, because the promise is that his angels will keep you lest you dash your foot against a stone. But you got to pray, activate that. Lord, thank you that angels are going before us, keep us, guard us. Uh, Lord, lest we dash our feet, you know, we're just going to be under his protection. Just a good idea in this hour, a little pastorly advice. And then also another good advice, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, in regard to food, when you sit down to eat a meal, you know what you should always do? You should pray over your food, especially in this hour. And uh, I, I'm not going to go into great detail with that, but the scripture there says that food is sanctified by two things. Remember, number one, it's sanctified by the word of God. That scripture in itself is enough, 1 Timothy 4, 5, sanctified by the word of God and prayer. You don't know what's in your food, GMOs, the many things in this hour. It's just we're going to have to be really wise in these coming days. You know that. Why is a serpent harmless as a dove? I um, have somewhere I, I believe where to go this morning, but... You know, if you're, when you're reading through the Bible a couple times a year, it can be dangerous because you see all kinds of stuff and you want to share it all. You can't do that. It's impossible. You know, somebody that would say, well, I have nothing to preach. Man, it's because you're not in the Word of God because if you get in the Word, there's more than enough. And, uh, but I ran across something yesterday. I just want to sow some seed. I want to throw it out because... I have a feeling in 2024 we're going to have to look at this again in more detail because we want to be those that are standing on solid foundation. And uh, so I'm just going to give you a couple points, and then we're going to come back and look at it later. Then I'm going to get to what I want to share today. But we need to know these things. These are some truths out of the book of Habakkuk. You can write them down, listen to them. Later we'll go back. But number one, God uses the wicked acts of man for his righteous purposes. Now, some of you looked at me, you don't know about that, but we'll go more into detail. What man intend for evil, God can turn it around for good. And then God not only uses, but he raises up wicked nations to accomplish his purposes. I mean, if you know that. This is all the truths in the book of Habakkuk. He is the one behind the shaking. Now, that's over in other scriptures, but we have to remind ourselves, it's not the devil, it's God. And then another thing, he allows evil to prevail for a time. Say, for a time. The devil is going to have. Remember where Jesus said, told Peter, Satan is salt, to sift you as wheat. He didn't bind the devil. He said, when you return. Strengthen your brethren. So we know there's a time. And then the just, though they have many questions, we're going to have a bunch of questions in this hour, they will live by faith. And faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't have to see what you believe God for. But if you believe God for, you'll see it eventually. And then the just will have joy in their house 
We're going to have to hang on to joy. There's joy in this journey. Okay, we're not going to lose it. Say, I'm not going to lose my joy. And then we ultimately triumph in his salvation. In spite of the whole earth being filled with darkness, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. In fact, God even moves in the midst of darkness. We'll, show, we'll talk about that later. There will be justice one day. Say one day. It doesn't mean it's going to happen today. It may not happen in your lifetime. And then he is forever, always, and in all things, holy and exalted. Anyway, I was looking through that yesterday. I'd made those notes. I said, God, I should just change everything and preach out of the book of Habakkuk. And I felt like he said, well, you will, but you need to stay the course. Yesterday, I got a tweet from Rodney Howard Brown. We love Rodney. You know, you guys know that. And I heard this week he may come back around here. He's on another 100-city tour. And he's been here before, but he may come back. And, uh, but he sent a tweet out. And I'm not laughing. Well, I am laughing, but I'm not laughing because it wasn't funny, but it showed it was some amusement park somewhere in America. And you, have you seen these ships, these boats that rock back and forth? And you get, what, 50 people or so on the ship, and then it goes over. And then comes back, I can never get Shirley on that ship. You'll never. So anyway, this one, this is what happened. And, and it's, it, you can go and you can find it. It went haywire. And the ship is going like this, around and around and around and jerking back and forth and around. Now, there were only maybe, it looked like to me, eight to ten people on that ship. Good thing. But eventually, it was shaking to such degree and spinning the people started flying out of the ship, landing on the ground. I did read there were no fatalities. There were injuries. I don't know how you could not be. But I noticed there were only maybe two people left on that ship. Now, Rodney was comparing it to Congress. And I, I could see where he could say that. But I felt, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe so that too. But I also felt that it's, it's our nation today. There's much turmoil. There's much chaos. Things seem to be, and they are, spinning out of control. And we're going to have to be buckled in. We're going to have to be rooted and grounded in the truth. Rooted and grounded, not swayed by all the opinions of men. I'm learning, and I've shared a little bit with our team I believe the American church is, I know we're the most unprepared church in history to face any degree of persecution. But also, I believe there are multitudes of false doctrines that still govern this ship called the American church. And so God's going to shake the tar out of the church so that all that is of man will be removed and all that is God will remain. But understand there's going to be some people flying out, going it which way, panicking, you know. So we're going to have to encourage people, you know, don't, we don't want to be swayed by faulty theology. And I can tell you there's a lot of faulty theology. And I'm, I've been around a long time, and now my prayer is, God, shake my faulty theology. Lord, things I used to believe, you know, it doesn't matter. You don't want to be threatened because your theology is shaken. It should be shaken. 
It reminded me, I heard a story, you know, this great theologian was coming to speak to a group of people. I think it was a uh, university, and uh, they were so excited, and they, they wanted to ask him, you know, explain to us when you get up and talk, tell us your theology. Give us a theological statement. And this theologian stood up. He said, you want to hear my theology? Here it is. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And when it all boils down, you know, that's really where we should have our root. We should be grounded. And then don't be swayed by the fear of man, especially the fear of man. If you are swayed by the fear of men's opinions, that's like a hook in your nose. It'll control and keep you from going in the way that God's purposed and ordained. You don't want to be swayed by emotions or passions. I mean, if you know that, you can become passionate. We're emotional beings, but we should be steady as she goes regarding what the Word of God says. And our emotions will go up and down. Don't be swayed by present circumstances, pressures to conform. Last week, I squeezed in in the midst there before Robert's you know that uh, in this hour, you're either going to be godly defiant or satanically compliant. It's the way it is. There's going to be one or the other. Jesus said, you're for me or you're against me. And so you're, we can't comply. We've got to be defiant in a godly manner. You know, if God be God, then we're going to honor him. And don't be swayed by all these things. Now, let's go look at something. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 14, or maybe verse 4, Romans 15, verse 4. But I want to show a couple things. we got to know this in this hour. If you're going to survive the shaking, especially in regard to our beliefs, and then I'm going to read over in, in uh, 1 Corinthians. But these are two foundational truths. Then we're going to pray. And before I read this, you know, last week, it was nobody here, but I heard that someone said, Robert's Laird and shares a lot of stories. I'm thankful for the stories last week. I don't know about you, but my eyes were leaking toward the end of the stories, which is always a good sign. And sometimes you just need to hear, you know, about the saints of old. You don't need these real deep things. But that was last week. But anyway, I appreciated Robert's. And I want him to come back often. You know, hearing about these guys and gals were just like us. They had weaknesses. They struggled with infirmities. You know, was it all Roberts that had the problem? I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, it encourages us. But anyway, we got to know the truth in this hour. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Now, if you're going to learn, you got to pay attention. It's for us, things that were written in the Old Testament or beforehand that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Say hope. We're going to need hope in this hour. You're going to need hope for what's coming. We've got to stand. You've got to know. Look at the examples in the Scriptures. Now look over in 1 Corinthians and chapter 10. And I, let me just read some of this. Because we need to be reminded what it says, and then in verse 11 is what I want to focus on. But it says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers, now he's speaking of Old Testament, Old 
the prophets, our fathers. Do you know Jesus was in the Old Testament? Not revealed, but, you know, concealed. And he's revealed in the New Testament. But you can see examples, and here's an example here of Jesus in the Old Testament. I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was who? Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. What does it mean, scattered? Dead. They died. Whole generation. Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not Lust after evil things as they lusted, or not live as they lived in that time. That's what he's speaking about. And do not become idolaters as some of them, as it were. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt or test Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. Who sent the serpents? Well, God sent those serpents. They were destroyed. Now, all these things, verse 11, or no, we need to verse 10. Don't skip verse 10. Nor complain. Say complain. Don't complain. Don't complain. Nor complain as some of them also complain. And were destroyed by the destroyer. Now you could stop there, but now all these things happened to them as what? Examples. And they were written for our admonition, our teaching, our instruction, just as we read over in Romans, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So, Lord, we ask you to give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Lord, I pray, help me to be a messenger that just simply delivers your message. Lord, we pray, help us to be those who are rooted, grounded, firmly secure in Christ, in the Word of God, not swayed by all the opinions, faulty theology, all things, Lord, that are going on around us. And when people start flying out left and right, may we be the ones that are still firmly in place, rooted in him, unshakable because of the kingdom that we're receiving, a kingdom that shall know no end, and a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So, Lord, we thank you. Everything else will. Even long-held belief systems especially in America. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And I want to look at the, the Scriptures, but also just look at some ways that, uh, that we can look at the end. We need to think about the end, I mean, in that Scripture. All these things were written to us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So I, I've came up with some things, and I hope and I believe the Lord put them in my heart. Some of them are rooted in Scripture. Others, we just, it's just part of our testimony. But there's, first of all, the end of the story. 
You ever heard, you know, the saying, now they lived happily ever after. And then when you get into the story, you realize, wait a minute, that was a fairy tale. They really didn't live happily ever hereafter, ever after. You know, because there are challenges, there are things that come our way. We'd love to live happily ever after. And we know the kingdom is peace, righteousness, and joy. But you guys, if you live here, you're part of this family, you know it's joy in the midst of great sorrow. That's when God gets a lot of glory. You see my people. You, there's all this sorrow, but they have joy. There's all this wickedness, but they're walking in righteousness. There's war, there's contention and strife, but they're walking in peace. Have you seen my servant? You've seen my son, my daughter? You know, it's going to bring him great glory. But there are challenges. I've heard it said that, you know, when you get married, you, need, you put on two sets of clothes. You guys can attest to this. First of all, you wear tux and you wear a wedding dress only on your wedding day. I wanted Shirley to get back into her wedding dress, and she almost can. She probably can, but how many of you probably can't? I can't get into that tux. You know, I'm not picking on my wife. All of us are there. You pick up a few pounds. I'm not saying that. Forgive me, Shirley. I repent in Jesus' name. But this is the truth. There's the tux. There's the wedding dress. And then when you get home, you got to put in your overhauls. And those of you who don't know who over, overalls are, they're work clothes. You got to work. You give in to it. You give and take. One of the keys to our marriage is I have a little slogan right here written on my forehead. It says, I am sorry. 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 And anyway, you know, but there's a whole story of our marriage, of the story of our lives, I saw where there's a woman. I, I didn't know who she was. She was a woman evangelist, Catherine Hankey. And she was a missionary to Africa. She went to Africa and became incredibly ill. And for many months, she was just laid up. And she wrote that, uh, that song. It was a poem that became a song. I love to tell the story. And, you know, in all of our lives, there's a story. We're, we're in the midst of a story. We know when we're born, we know there's going to come an end, but we're living in the midst of it, and we want to we walk out this. And even if there are times of unhappiness here, we're really going to live happily ever after because of the hereafter, the promise of the hereafter. It's, we're not just living for the here and now. And then there's the end of the game. Jerry and Tess, now they're not here this morning. They were at the uh, men's uh, den supper last night. They lived down in Hickory, and it was raining. I told Shirley this morning, you know, if I wasn't a pastor, and I didn't have, no, I got a word from the Lord. You know, it's raining. You know, you could just roll over in a morning like this, you know what I mean, and, and go back to sleep, especially 4.30, the thunder. How many of you heard the thunder at 4.30? It shook me out of my bed, and it was not literally, but I got up and, uh, but anyway, I didn't go back to sleep. But Jerry, about a month ago, as I was going back out, he grabbed me, said, Pastor, I got a word as you're preaching. The word was in game on. In game on. Now, I've, I played sports. How many of you played sports? You know, men and women. 
And uh, I grew up in Louisiana in mostly the YMCA. I, I, we spent hours upon hours upon hours in the YMCA. I grew up there. My mom was a nurse for a doctor, and I'd get out of school, and the doctor's office was real close, so we'd just hang out at the YMCA for the rest of two, three, four hours, and uh, we'd spend all day Saturday. Well, you know, after a while, you, you're playing sports. You're on the city league teams and all, but also I would keep the clock, and I was a teenager, and I was keeping the clock in a basketball game. It was really close game, one point, and uh, anyway, there were five, six seconds. Now, as a teenager, I got distracted. A girl walked by or something. Anyway, I totally lost track what I'm supposed to be doing. I didn't turn the clock on, and folks got mad at me because somebody, something changed in the game. Why didn't you turn the clock on? And anyway, that just, I just, I messed up. I remember another time I was, uh, now when I grew up, I was in the Boy Scouts during football season. The rest, the rest of the time, I don't know, I'd do other stuff, but they would always use the Boy Scouts to usher at the LSU football games. So I wanted to go. My dad, we would go and, and uh, we'd always stop at the local Burger King and then go in. And so we would seat the people. They would show us their tickets. And then when we got everybody seated, we'd sit in the aisle. In those days, it was okay, or they had, seemed like they had little sections the Boy Scouts could sit in. But I remember one game, LSU versus Ole Miss. There were like four seconds on the clock, and uh, LSU ran a play. Burt Jones, I remember, threw a pass, and it was incomplete. And the, on the other side of the stadium, the Ole Miss fans they just erupted, man. They'd won the game. No. There were three seconds or one second. There was time left on the clock. Now, they thought we had cheated. I didn't cheat. I'm just ushering. They thought the <laughs> clock operator had cheated because there was still time on the clock, and they couldn't believe it. They were booing, and I remember looking at that. I thought, wow, there's still time. How could there be time left on the clock after all of that? Well, I know how, but anyway, I won't go there. But anyway, the next, we had time for one more play, and Burt Jones threw a pass to somebody in the end zone. LSU won, and the Ole Miss fans went crazy. They were so distraught. The, the team was so distraught. The governor of Mississippi was in one of the press boxes, went down to console the team, and they wanted to throw him out. They would not be consoled. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's in Game on. In game on. I, I don't know all that's going to happen. I'm just hanging on to Jesus. I'm hanging on to him, and I'm going to play this thing out. But eventually the clock's going to run out. And then there's the end of our relationships on the earth. I wish some things would last forever. I, I'm enjoying my marriage. If you haven't noticed, I brag on Shirley and I talk about our marriage all the time because, to me, it's, it's a joy. It's an honor. I prayed for a lot of years for a wife, and, and God gave me a wife, and I've never doubted that God gave me the one that he had prepared. It's, I'd always believed. I said, God, I don't want plan C or B. I want A, and he gave me A. And, you know, marriage is a mystery. 
It's not good that a man should live alone. I can tell you that. For me, now I know there's a gift for those to be single. There's an anointing. There's grace. And there was for me for a time, and then grace ran out. And and God brought Shirley to my little bitty church in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia where there were hardly any girls in the town, much less in that church. And anyway, everything changed after that Sunday. But, you know, God takes us serious when you make a vow. A marriage vow is like a vow before God. And, uh, you know, think about marriage. Number one, it's a helpmate. She's a helpmate, not it. She or he, a co-laborer in ministry. And then a friend. Shirley is my best friend in all the world. Now, Jake is a pretty good friend. That's my dog, I'm telling you. He's a great friend. But, but Shirley's by far my best of my best. But Jake is a good friend. How many of you have, your dogs are your good friend? They agree with you with everything you have to say. Jake will not in any way disagree. But a wife or a husband's a prayer partner. You need somebody to, any two agrees touching anything. And I remember times, and, you know, we, we really got serious about things. When we were, remember, I forget where we were, but it seems like the enemy was coming in like a flood. What are you going to do? Just go and get, going to drown? So you got to pray. So we just stomped our feet. Remember, we stomped. It must have scared the devil out of the devil because things change. <laughs> There's power in that kind of stuff. And then there's, it's a relationship, intimacy. You know, God created sex. I mean, if you know that, that's not a dirty word. And it's for enjoyment. It's the intimacy. Men are the ones that perverted it, polluted it, corrupted it. Hebrews 13.4 says, the Bible says, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, pure, for fornicators, and that's sexual immorality before marriage, and adulterers, that's sexual immorality after marriage, God will judge. And I'm telling you, He's going to judge. Proverbs 6.32, whoever commits adultery with a woman, and I think you could say a woman with a man, same thing, lacks understanding. In other words, they're stupid. (laughs) Stupid. He who does so destroys his own soul. And how many of you know God's word is going to endure long beyond these relationships? And then a marriage partner is a confidant. I'm glad I can confess my faults to my wife. How many of you do that? Surely I, I blew it. I sinned. I did this. Can you pray for me? Have we done that? Yes. It's a wonderful opportunity. And, uh, but you know, no relationship on earth will last. It's not intended to last, but one will. It one will, and that's our relationship with him. And some of you that are watching, you've never begun a relationship with Jesus. This is the day of salvation. And then there's the end of the matter. The book of um, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, he said this. He said, do not say, why were the former days better than these? What's he saying? He's saying, basically, don't just look to the good old days, saying that good old days, they were the better ones. It goes on, it says, the end of a thing. This is what Solomon said, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. I have a friend in Charlotte, Bill. Um, he's been to Cuba with me, We, great friend. 
And uh, he sent me a true story that is going on right now. It was uh, reported on ABC News, and it was the story of Lieutenant Fred Brewer, and he's a pilot during World War II from the Charlotte area. He was a part of the Tuskegee Airmen. Tuskegee Airmen, how many of you know that? They were African-American pilots during World War II. It was the first African-American group, and they would fly these escort planes with our bombers. And there were 57 escort planes with this particular bombing mission over Germany. And uh, there was a cloud cover that came over, and 47 of the 57 made it back, but 10 of them didn't. And those, the pilots that reported later, they saw Lieutenant Brewer. He went up to try to avoid the clouds, and they said he went into a spin, and he crashed somewhere in Germany. They couldn't find him. He was lost for 79 years, missing. And they recently found him. You know, through the DNA testing, they were able to properly identify, and they were going to bring him home. So he's coming home. It was on the news. Coming home to Charlotte. Now, they said his mother never got over his, her son's death, and there was never closure, never an end. She always wondered what happened to my son. Well, after all these years, 79 years later, they had a memorial service just outside of Charlotte. I think it just happened last week for this Tuskegee Airman, Lieutenant Fred Brewer, and they were to close the story. You know, there were 72,000 service members that still are unaccounted for during, war, for during the war. But this soldier was found, and they were able to come to the end of that matter. Sometimes it's good to have that closure, isn't it? Now, the mother never got to enjoy that, but the family. And then there's the end of life as we know it. Now, you guys know, we're not going to hold back around here. We're in a war. We, and we've tried to touch base on the very aspects of this war that's going on right now every single day. There has been much loss of life. There is a DE population agenda. I could show you in the Bible. The, the thief comes for no other reason but to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know it exists. All those that are ambassadors of Satan doing his will, they've been taken captive, they're going to be involved in what his will is, stealing, killing, and destroying. And, uh, but, you know, we're called to be peacemakers, and blessed are those, you know, the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I saw, and we know right now there are those that are leaders in our nation that want war accelerated. They're at it again in Ukraine. What did the man say? Um, I know whatever his role is, he's the top dog. He said, we're going to have to send our boys and our women, our troops, if you don't approve with another spending bill. And we keep sending billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions on top of billions. And then the war in Gaza I saw the United Nations pass a resolution to cease hostilities. There was one objection. Guess who it was? The United States of America. They objected 
to peace. And then the economy. This is shocking. I could not believe it. Shirley showed this to me. You remember Home Alone. You can't forget it. We watch it during this season. You remember when Kevin goes through the line, he's shopping. Are you alone? Ma'am, would I be alone? You know, how old is he? Whatever, eight, six, what, eight years old? Would an eight-year-old be alone? But yeah, he's all alone. And he buys these groceries, and it comes out to $19 and what, 82 cents or something under $20. They said that last year, the same groceries that Kevin bought that day in that supermarket that was under $20 last year was $44.40. Now, that's last year. And we could accept inflation. Today, one year later, those groceries that would have cost $44.40 last year at this time, today will cost $72.28. And we see all these things. If you don't think the economy's shaken, and the reason for it, there, there's a plan for what's called a CBDC. It's a uh, central bank digital currency. And that's the plan globally. It's a global movement to capture the control. I can show you in the book of Revelation what it says about that. we got to get into all that. Then there's the climate agenda. I hope you guys are awake because the climate theorists are promoting their fear again. And they just had a great gathering somewhere overseas, and uh, they've got all kinds of plans. They don't like us eating meat, for example. They don't like you going to the bathroom. And it's all built on this false assumption that carbon dioxide, what we breathe out, is somehow destroying the planet. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is one of the greatest frauds through in history, We're in living in our hour. College students believe that CO2 is somehow a pollutant. Now, all they need to do is create, you know, AI, just convince artificial intelligence that CO2, and they are, is a pollutant and needs to be exterminated. So all they'd have to do then is just go all over the earth and exterminate who? You and me. Because we're killing. It's all phony, false deception. We're living, we're not going to go into a day of deception. We're already there. Pastor Jeffries, he's the pastor of First Baptist Dallas, looking at the agenda of the climate. He said, this is a very dangerous. It's going to keep the church from fulfilling our mission. Now, I agree with him to some degree. Travel will be greatly affected. But I'm looking, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. I personally believe God's getting us ready to do this thing supernaturally. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to fulfill what we've been called to do. We're going to go, ye therefore, into all nations. We're a mission base. We're going to fulfill our purpose. But anyway, they're, they're telling us we're running out of air, running out of water. It's all, if I told you what I really think about it. <clears throat> now, some of you think, now, could... Could artificial intelligence actually do something like that? This week, it was reported, and I read it on a number of sites, and even if this is untrue, it's true in the rest of the world. They're not reporting on this 
in America. You don't have to. Americans are going right along, right along, hook, line, and sinker, being divided over the issue. When it's not about, there's something far greater happening. But you may have seen the reports. There is now an AI weapon system in Gaza that's carrying out the missions for destruction. Do you know what they call that AI weapon system? The gospel. How many of you knew that? Nobody, you can look it up. It's not being reported in America. Now, why would they do that? Well, first of all, to present a false image, to let the entire Islamic world know that the gospel can't be trusted. Now, they don't understand, and those of you that may be listening this morning, this is not about the Jewish people. This is not their idea nor their plan, nor is this about Christianity at all. We have nothing to do with it. We're not standing with it. We're not, we're not even voting for it. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. It's not a weapon system. And their purpose is destruction and division and stirring up war. And you guys ought to know, this system is not the Jewish people. It is a global antichrist system that wants to divide the whole world. That AI system's coming in your nation sooner or later. And it's being practiced. It's being demonstrated even now. There are many things happening. And just because we don't hear them doesn't mean it's not so. And even if it's a lie, even if it's make-believe, they're spreading it right now all over the rest of the world. So the church should answer to it, right? If, it, if it's a lie, it's evil. If it's the truth, it's evil. Because it's a, a weapon of mass destruction. Artificial intelligence. I've read so many people lately, they're saying this could end up being the system of the beast. And right now, it's gotten out of control. There are men that have warned us. You need to put the brakes on this. And it's not happening. How many of you are glad you're alive in this hour? But I want you to know it's not the Jewish people. You guys in Islamic nations, it's not about humanity. This is about division, destruction. This is Satan and his evil. It's not about the people. And I believe somehow God's going to turn it around all for good. But if the church in America doesn't stand up, the church in America is a phony and a fraud. We're supposed to defend the faith, not back off because of some whatever it is. We defend the faith and we proclaim the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And the true gospel is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, Regardless of your nation, you can have eternal life. It's a crazy day in which we live. And then the borders. Oh, my goodness gracious. We had a man. He was a pastor from Del Rio, Texas. He was praying with us Monday morning. He was here for a couple weeks, he and his wife, precious couple. And on one Monday morning, we're praying he said, you know, I live in Del Rio. I live on the border. This is not hearsay. This is firsthand. Every single day, there are buses after buses after buses that are coming in, picking up Chinese military-aged men and leaving Del Rio for places around America. 
and it's happening every single day. Now, I ask you, why do you think that's happening? Are they in line to go to the Super Bowl? They want to get tickets to the Super Bowl. That's why they're here. That's not why they're here. And we're being lied to every single day. So, in other words, why am I, what am I saying? Life as we've known it can end in a moment. But just because life as you've known it might be over doesn't mean your life is over. If you're in Christ, your life has just begun in the midst of whatever darkness may come our way. Because you are the light of the world. And the light of the world lives in you. We're made for this moment. Say, I'm made for this. What do you think we're here just to go to heaven? No, we got our ticket. No, we've got our our assignment, our mission to a lost and dying world. And we're called to break up the evil systems of this generation. Jesus said, take heed, watch out, beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. You know, um, last week, Roberts and Chris they were both touching on the scripture, and we've touched on it. In my father's house are many mansions, and we've said it as well. It doesn't really mean mansion. It means dwelling places. But even if it did mean mansions, what we're going to inherit, there ain't no mansion on the earth can even begin to compare with. So regardless, I don't, I'm not hung up over that. I'd like a mansion in glory, but I don't care. Just looking at his face, one glance at his face. And then there's the end of life, period. I, um, you know, we've gone over this. We've had so many in our own church. It's appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. And we've seen the end of life too much, too soon. I heard a story of a five-year-old. No, really, it's about the mother of a five-year-old. And she was going to put her five-year-old daughter on a plane to go visit her grandfather, her father, the, her daughter's grandfather, across the country. She'd gotten permission. She boarded the plane, helped her daughter get buckled in. And uh, the grandfather had already gotten permission to make sure he meets her, gets on the plane, and helps her. Anyways, it all worked out. But the mother was, uh, you know, a little bit, all of a sudden it hit her. My daughter's about to fly across America all alone. And she's looking at her daughter. She said, please don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. The little girl looked up at mommy and said, mommy, I know it's going to be okay. I know who's waiting for me on the other end. And I can tell you the same is true for us. It's going to be okay. We know who's waiting for us on the other end, don't we, Yvonne? We know who's waiting. And he's not going to disappoint. Now, I believe there will be husbands and wives and grandfathers and grandmothers, but we're, we're waiting to see him. Then there's the end of all things. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. Just see if you can get that up there. And uh, look at this. But the end of all things is at hand. When I read that, I, I feel a certain, you know, there's a truthfulness about that. End game now. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And then it goes on and says, have fervent, or above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. 
Now, so that just tells us, number one, be serious. You look it up, it really means be self-controlled, under control. Not led by the, the pressures or the, the worries, anxieties of life, but be under control, the control of the Holy Spirit. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And then be watchful, be alert, be sober-minded. Don't be gullible. Don't just buy everything ABC News is telling you. Most of what the American media tells you, even a lot of what the Christian media tells you in America, you've got to, you've got to somehow judge it, discern it, to see if those things are true. You discern them by the Word of God. And I'm telling you, the American believer has been set up in this hour for a great falling away. And when I see this, I, Lord, I just, first of all, I say, God, I almost feel like, God, I don't want to see it. Because it involves so many people and many trusted leaders. But there's been a great fraud. But that's what the devil is up to. He said, take heed that no one deceive you. All of those that are only shallow in the Word of God are going to fall to this deception. All of them. And then stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Stay in prayer. Stay in prayer night and day, day and night. Above all, have fervent love because love covers. It means to hide, conceal, throw a veil over it, an oblivion over a veil of oblivion. And we got to learn how to love one another. That's why I took that stand that I did. Whether it's real or not, the Islamic world thinks it's real. And so we want them to know we love you. The gospel is about love. It's not about destruction. It's not about whatever. It's about God's love. He sent his son. And we're going to, we're going to be judged that we learn to love in this hour. It's his will that all should come to repentance. And then there's the challenge. I'm just going to, at a later date, go into more detail here. But there's going to be a challenge to endure until the end. I'm not going to go into great detail, but, but we must be those that, just like in our marriage, and I know that you can boast in your marriage, and then the attacks will come. So we got to, you got to guard the things that are even strong in your life, but but we've endured, but I'm telling you, we must endure all things. The Scripture says, endure all things, and he that endures shall be saved. And we'll talk more about it. And then there's the end from the beginning. Jesus is called the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And uh, he's the one. You know, we begin this journey. I began as a nine-year-old boy, and I remember the day I knelt down and and uh, I'd heard what the counselor said. And I went out and I knelt down and I said, Jesus, I want you in my life. And I, I wanted the Son of God. And I know where it began. I can take, I don't know where it is now. I don't know if I can get back to that same location. Because everything's changed when you go back home. You know what I mean? And there may be an apartment complex there. No, I don't know. And I don't know where it's going to end, but I know it's going to end one day. Maybe right over here, about 200 yards from here. You know, you'll read about us. I don't know. But I know I'm in the midst of a journey. And the one that began this thing is the one who's going to complete it. And the one who began it and complete it is going to be with me every step of the way in the middle of it. And he said, I'm going to complete what I've started in you. I'm going to bring it to the 
completion. And I've got way a whole lot of confidence in him. And then there's the end intended by the Lord. Now, I want you to see this one. Look over in James. James chapter 5. A couple more. Then we're going to turn her loose. I think it's supposed to rain the rest of the day. So now I can go snug, curl up, you know, lay on my couch and check for cracks in my eyelids. See if, see if, you know, if there's any cracks anyway. How many of you guys do that? I love on a Sunday afternoon, even if it's just a few minutes, 10, 15, it doesn't matter. feels like it's a long time. But anyway, James chapter 5, the whole chapter is incredible. It is, it is like 101 for living at the end of the age, things that every believer better know. Especially in the first so many verses, you better know what the Scriptures say. Not what men say, but what the Scripture says. But therefore, in verse 7, and there's a reason the word is therefore, because you need to remember, there's a therefore. Therefore, be patient. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. For you also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. There it is again. Don't complain. Don't grumble. Say, don't grumble. You know it's not a good idea to complain or grumble in this hour. Don't grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned because the judge is standing at the door. He's right at the door. That's not the time to grumble. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke the name in the name of the Lord as an example an example, another, here's an example. All that was written beforehand was written for your example on whom the ends of the ages have come. I don't know how clear that can be. And I don't know how so many mess it up. But anyway, I'm going to believe the Word of God. Now look at the rest of that. Take it as an example of patience. Indeed, verse 11, we count them blessed who do what? Who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. How many of you ever heard of Job's perseverance? Has any of you been through what Job has been through? Would any of you like to go through? I'm not volunteering. And so would you say that whatever he went through was worse than what you and I could ever imagine? It looks like to me he lost everything. But look, you've heard of the perseverance of Job and you've seen the end. What does this say? The end intended by the Lord. That the Lord, it's not all you lost that's going to be shouted in that day. The Lord, it'll be he that will get the attention. That the Lord is very compassionate. Even after losing everything, the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Anyway, there's the end intended of the Lord. And then there's the end of the law. I won't read that. <laughs> Romans chapter 10. And so much. There were those who were seeking to establish their own righteousness. It did not work. Christ is the end of the law. That's it. There's none higher, none greater. 
none nobler, none more worthy to, ed- to obey, to follow, to hear, to lose your life for, to lose your reputation for. Christ Jesus, he's the end of the law, and righteousness is given to all of those. Not those who had their own righteousness, but to all who call upon his name. All of them, in all the nations of the earth. The last message that's going to be preached on planet earth is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call. The Lord said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. All nations. And anyway, it's going to return back exactly. Jesus said, you tell them all things I've commanded you. And you teach them. Regardless whether they want to hear it or not. You tell them everything I told you. And lo, I'm with you always. Even until the end of this world. And you might be surprised who's thrown out of the ship when the shaking begins. But don't get surprised by who's tossed out. You be thoroughly rooted and grounded in me. And you'll be firm unto the end. And then there's the end of the age. And we've already, do you know, four out of ten Americans believe today that we're at the end of the age. Christianity, Christians, 47 believe, 47%, 49% say no, couldn't be. I don't know what book you're reading. You must not be reading through the Bible twice every year. Because there's so many things that are being fulfilled that were spoken that are being fulfilled in this very moment. And maybe I know as a day is a thousand years, I understand no one knows. All I know is we may not know the exact time, but boy, the signs are obvious. They're evident. And we could read them all. The signs are abounding. I was going to until I read that scripture over in 1 Corinthians and over in Romans. I was going to begin this message over in Jeremiah chapter 5. Where here's what's happening in that text. There's all kinds of false prophecy happening. False prophets. And there's rebellion, disobedience. They thought they were the people of God. And God interrupted them. He said, no, you're not my people. And he rebuked the false prophets. But more than that, it said the people loved it so. In Jeremiah, that is the most amazing thing. I saw that. I said, God, now I know whatever was written beforehand was written for our example. How could that fit in my day that I'm living in 2023? He said, it's the same. The people are loving it so. They want their ears tickled. If you tell them things I said about certain subjects, they're not going to want to listen to you. But you tell them anyway. Tickling your ears is not just about what you want to hear. It's hearing what you believe is the truth. And that's what was happening in Jeremiah chapter 5. And all through the Old Testament. And God's going to come and shake it. But, you know, right at the end of there, there's a question that God asked Jeremiah. He said, okay, all these false prophecies are having their way. The people are loving it so. But he said, but what are you going to do in the end? And I ask you, what are you going to do in the end? 
You might want to hold on to the one who's going to be with you until the end. And there's so much more. Then there's the appointed end. Now, we'll get to this after the new year. I'm not going on this subject next week. We're too close, too close to Christmas. Does that make sense? I want to enjoy Christmas. No, I didn't mean that, God. If you tell me to say it, I'll say it. You know I will. I'll always do what you tell me. I don't care, Lord. I'll always say what you put in my heart. But in Daniel chapter 8, there's an appointed end. The end will not happen until the appointed end. It's an appointed end. Now, I know that men are trying to rush it, trying to accelerate it. They want war so bad they can taste it. They want, there are people in our government that want America to be nuked. If you don't believe that, I'm just telling you. You don't have to believe it. I'm telling you, what kind of people would want America to be nuked? Servants of the devil that have been taken captive to do his will, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's it. That's the only purpose the devil has come for. No other thing, no other reason is he here. And so those that have been taken captive, just like Jesus said, no, you're not of your father Abraham. You know how I know? Because you're not doing the deeds of Abraham. You're doing the deeds of your father, the devil. And the deeds of your father you always want to do. And that's what he said about the subject. And anyway, there's an appointed time. Things are not going to happen until the Lord says this is the time. And I can show you that in Scripture. Then Daniel chapter 12, the times, the end is mentioned so many times. And this is how we will end. Some of you are saying amen. Thank you, God, that we get to end. I don't like this message. All right, look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I like this. Was anybody glad you came this morning, you got out of the bed? Man, I live for, when the word comes alive to me, you know what, it's like, it's like, I don't do it anymore, Shirley, but used to, I'd sneak, I wouldn't sneak, but I'd go to Chick-fil-A, they make the best chocolate milkshakes, (laughs) and anyway, I would, anyway, I'm confessing my sin, and I'll be forgiven. And now they're closed. They're closed. They're remodeling. You can't go there. But anyway, I've wised up. I've quit sneaking around and getting chocolate. Now, this was a long time ago, Shirley. This was like, this was way, 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 way back. I've not, anyway, how do you get in this? Everything you say from the pulpit can't be anointed. You know that. So you have to discern between right and wrong. But look at this, 1 Peter chapter 15. Hallelujah. In, if in this life only we have hope, we're all men most miserable. Now, we know this. We hear this every, you know, resurrection Sunday. But now Christ has risen from the dead, has become the first fruits. For since by man came death, by man came the resurrection. As in Adam they all die So in Christ, they're made alive. All men, all men are dead through Adam, the original sin, but we sin, we chose, we know that. We didn't, we can't just blame Adam. All men have sinned. And all men come to, we can come to the knowledge of Christ. There is righteousness. There's the gift of salvation. 
For as in Adam we all die, but each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and afterward those who are Christ that is coming, the resurrection. Then comes the end, say the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts into all rule, all authority, and all power, for he must reign till he's put all enemies under his feet. Can I tell you, he's in the process right now of identifying all the enemies of God so that they might ultimately be placed under his feet. That's what all this shaking is about. Everything that was initiated of man is going to be flying out, tossed about, looking for somewhere to hide. But there will be those that are rooted and grounded and they have the seat belts of Christ Firmly, they're seated firmly in Christ Jesus. And nothing, nothing shall cause them to stumble. And I just thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I give you praise that the word of God never returns void. It always accomplishes your purpose for which you sent it, Lord. And we just say yes and amen. And we want to just pray blessing over all families. Lord, we pray We loose, as we mentioned earlier, warring angels, accompanying angels around all those that would travel, those that will be going here and there during the holidays. Lord, we ask you to keep them safe, deliver them from every evil way. But, Lord, we pray right now for the ultimate deliverance, and that's salvation. We pray for those that are watching, one maybe in this room this morning. You've never yet surrendered to Jesus as your Lord and Savior My friend, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is the day of salvation. These are the days of the harvest. The days that God's people are going to demonstrate to the whole world the power of our God, the nature, His nature of love and the goodness that He's a good God and He's a glorious Savior. And He's the only Savior. So just pray. If you're watching, you say, I want to know Jesus. Just say, dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, that he lived, that he died, and he rose from the dead. I confess my sin, and I ask you to forgive me. I choose to turn from sin. I repent. I change my mind as to what you call sin, and I ask for your mercy. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit. Let Christ Jesus live in me as I confess Him as my Lord. And you know, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God has raised His Son from the dead, you shall be saved. And we believe this is an hour unlike any other. In Africa... But it's also going to be that way in America. How many of you are in agreement with me? I have a promise. And I'm not backing off of what God promised me. And I thank you, Lord, for it. And I encourage the saints, Lord. Let them be built up. I break off all fear, all confusion. Lord, remind us how you use even wicked acts to bring about your righteous purposes. That's beyond our understanding. 
but it's obvious in the scripture. Lord, until we can really fully explain it, help the people to stay firm, firm, rooted in the hope that is eternal. We give you glory, Lord. We bless our children. We bless our families, our wives. God, thank you for marriage. Thank you publicly for my wife. She's my best friend, my confidant, my prayer partner, my co-laborer. She's all in all. Lord, we're one. Thank you for the covenant marriage. God, you said adulterers and fornicators, you're going to judge. And it's a foolish person of no understanding that would live in that kind of lifestyle. Lord, we thank you. There's a way out. There's repentance. There's the cross. That's why you died. There's forgiveness. We pray let this be the day of a new beginning for many as they walk away from things they know are ungodly. And they walk in righteousness and holiness, Lord. We thank you. Your grace is sufficient to enable us to do that. We bind all sickness and disease from this place. Anybody sick this morning, you need healing. We rebuke every sickness, every disease, every flu, every cold, every pneumonia. There are pneumonias, they say, that are going to be new and spread in this hour. We rebuke pneumonia in advance in the name of Jesus. Bind every virus, every, you know, God, what I'm thinking. Every B-I-O weapon, I declare it defeated and destroyed on behalf of your people in Jesus' name. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. We, they're mighty in God. And we loose the weapons that are mighty in God for the destroying, the pulling down of strongholds. We thank you we're going to be the healthiest and happiest because of our God and who reigns in us to speak healing and health. I bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We're going to have some praying around the altar. If you need someone to agree with you in prayer, God bless you.